The Titan's Curse, Chapter 9, I Learn How to Grow Zombies. The thing about flying on a Pegasus during the daytime is that if you're not careful, you can cause a serious traffic accident on the Long Island Expressway. I'm Ava. I'm Neve. And I'm Brayden. And this is Return to Camp Half-Blood. Join us as we journey back through a childhood favorite series. And see what lessons we can learn as adults from these books that meant so much to us as kids. All right, folks, welcome back to Return to Camp Half-Blood. This week we will be discussing The Titan's Curse, chapters 7 and 8. Uh, no, that's what we talked about last week. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> we'll be... <laughs> we will be discussing chapters 9 and 10. I learned how to grow zombies and I break a few rocket ships through the theme of Hero Complex. Oh my lord, that that took me too many the takes. Is en- no, the theme is not Envy. It's the theme is not Envy. I also, in the, the, the last reading, said Envy. Um... But it's not. That was last week's theme as well. Right. Anyways, Hero Complex, chapters 9 and 10. This is the Titan's Curse, not Harry Potter. How are we doing this week, folks? How are you? I think I'm doing as well as you just showed you're doing. Same, actually. Then I'm very sorry for you guys. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're okay. We're doing okay. I say, like, actually, all things considered, I'm doing great because school's over. Not school's over, but like the semester's exactly. ended. Uh, grades the came in last did. night. We're chilling. We're preparing for winter term. Yeah, Ooh. I had to email a professor because mm-hmm. my grade was wrong. Oh um, no! Yeah, it was uh, like obviously the podcast doesn't care about this, but like I had to email my music theory professor because he didn't grade like seven assignments oh, in my no. lab section, and it oh, made my grade like nine points lower than it should have been that's bad so i had to email him and be like hey you can grade these and now the final grades in capstone and it's wrong so if you could you go back excuse me sir please give me a better grade yeah he hasn't answered me yet so hopefully we'll get that tomorrow i'm sure i'm sure anyways i'm summarizing yes you are I did not write it down because honestly, there's too much shit in here. I'm just gonna try my best. Yes. And we'll fi- there's no way I could fit it into 30 seconds. Throw no. caution to the wind. Yep. <laughs> I will count you down then. Ten, nine. That much. Eight, two, one, go. <laughs> okay, so Blackjack and Percy are on the run after this van. They go to Manhattan. Blackjack be flying, and then they land like near DC. Um, and Blackjack leaves and because Percy tells him to, uh, and then they settle in the air and space museum. Um, the, the, the team and Percy's like following them, but he goes to a different museum that I can't remember the museum now and finds, um, the general and Luke like hatching their master evil plan. And they know that the four on the quest are there and I'll keep talking. Um, um, and then he grows some saber-toothed tigers, but not. And then he grows some skeleton <laughs> army men to go after them. And Percy um, gets himself caught. <laughs> by, um, and then he... Oh, she's going so far into overtime. <laughs> well, I thought it, we're going to do this anyway. So I'm just going to go right. for it. Um, so then Percy finds him in the Air and Space Museum. They battle a lion. 
and then Zoe Nightshade's like, you're on the team, I guess. <laughs> That's, yeah. I I mean, that was pretty thorough. Thank you. There's some I, nuances I missed, but I think it's okay. It was, it, and it's the, it's the Natural History Museum, right? I couldn't remember. The, yeah, I think it is I'm the Natural History sure. Museum. But they're in the, the, the four in the Air and Space Museum. Or this, yeah, yeah. I don't know that Ava should know the museums. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably fair, but I read this a couple days ago, so I don't fully remember. Is it the Smithsonian? It. Oh, you know, it probably is. I think it's the Smithsonian. It's right there. I oh. mean, like, would be like that's classic of her. What do you mean? This is the Smithsonian, like classic, classic Smithsonian uh. moves. <laughs> Sort of. Like yeah. she would, right? Yeah, she would house them, you know, for a for a battle. <laughs> All right, Ava. It's your time. turn to do uh the songs for the playlist this week. Okay. Also, no, I did finally add the link to the playlist to um the description. So if you if you want to check it out, you can actually now. Um only on Spotify. Maybe Neve, can you like make? I'll send you the songs, and you can make a uh, Apple Music version, and then. Oh my god! Yeah. Okay, we'll have both covered eventually. At least, at least right now, there will be a Spotify one. We have Apple Music dominance in the hosts of the <gasps> podcast. Yes, we do. Because I use it too. But who's the one who writes the episode descriptions? <laughs> Apple. But but no, I'm. Just, it's just a moral thing. Where do you listen to your podcasts? Apple, Apple Podcasts. Okay, I was just curious. I w- was just curious that 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 sounded like I was attacking, but um, I know I was like, I was just genuinely curious. Like, <laughs> I don't feel prominence in <laughs> podcasting uh, platforms. <laughs> um, honestly, as long as it is actually, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say a hot take about where you listen to podcasts on our podcast because I would like you guys to still listen. <laughs> every po- <laughs> every. <laughs> Every podcast platform is, is just as is just as good. Yes, is valid. Definitely. So songs, songs. Okay, I was proud of my picks this week. It took me a little while, um, but for the first, they're pretty literal though. Um, but for the first chapter, I um, picked "Radioactive" by Imagine Dragons because that is what the zombies are, and I live by that. I literally never thought any of my friends would ever be like Imagine, Imagine Dragons. Dragons and it not be its time because that's the only valid Imagine Dragons song. I don't I don't really I'm I'm not I'm involved not with them in any way. That's a banger, but I'm not really Absolute banger. It was just fully so on the radio that it is very also I like funny. that. That's funny. One time my friend was like, Wanna go to an Imagine Dragons concert with me? And I was like Sure. And we spent the entire time at the, um, sorry, this is a side note. We spent the entire time at the, like, there were pinball machines because the place that has concerts near me is like kind of like oldish and fun. Um, and I put up one penny into the pinball machine to give me unlimited games. Anyway, that's so um, radioactive. Isn't, isn't the lead singer of Imagine Dragons a Mormon? Didn't this recently, I I feel like I recently saw like a TikTok about it or something that's like the the lead singer of Imagine Dragons is Mormon and like nothing else has ever made more sense. He's either like Mormon or uh, like a Jehovah's Witness 
I like some some extreme, not extreme. I do like, remember hearing about that. Yeah, some super committed like religious denomination. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see. Um, write write in let us know what the uh, the religious affiliation of the lead singer of Imagine Dragons is Um, (laughs) it holds a lot of relevance to our Percy Jackson podcast (laughs) it truly does Um, and then my second song was Team by Lord Um, just because they're you know they're finally because they're a team they're finally a team team. (laughs) I I do I still don't know how vague I can go yet or how like symbolic or whatever I can go yet. So I just, that's fair. I, so far we have like successfully been curating a, like a fairly emo sounding playlist. (laughs) And that is all I've ever wanted. Like not in all the literal senses, but like the sum of the whole is much more emo than not. Uh, which works for T- Titan's Curse. This is a very emo book. It is a pretty emo. I agree. Rereading it, I'm like, wow, this is an emo book, isn't the, it? Yeah. This is to draw this is like the, the Order of the Phoenix of the Percy Jackson books. I get that, but I don't think Order of the Phoenix is very emo. It's the one where Harry goes around the whole time complaining and being sad about everything. Like granted, like fairly, like he watches his friend die in front of him. Like PTSD, but that's the one with angsty Harry, and this is the one with like angsty Percy. I guess I just don't think of the events as like very. The events are not similar, but the vibes. Well, no, the vibes are, but I just meant in the Harry Potter book, I I feel like the events aren't as emo. But in the Titans Curse, it's like snowy, dark military school. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. I like couldn't. I don't know. I was reading these, and I was like, "Do I remember these?" I didn't. Like, I uh, don't know. I, I have vague memories of them, but I don't remember them, like, really well, you know? I agree. I was like, okay, remember there being skeletons and being the lion. And, like, that's about it. Everything else was forgotten. Yeah. I just, like, generally remembered Skeleton Army and Mimi and Lion. And that was kind of it, but... I... We had... <laughs> I forgot about, like... I wrote down Social Justice Warrior Dionysus... Because, you know, in the beginning of these chapters, he's, like, all these heroes abandoning women. And I was, like, this is, like, strangely progressive for the character that you've been uh, set up to be so far. Yeah. I did forget about that little scene. It was interesting. Also, I was was raised a question. So, they rent out a room in the Smithsonian for a private event. Though I I do wish it was a pirate event. He reads it wrong and he's like, pirate event. Imagine he walks in. He's like, oh, I misread it. It's private event. Walks in. It's a bunch of like Greek pirates. And he's I like, oh, pirate event. Pirate event. Um, anyways, so who was like, who's in charge of renting out the private room? Like, who, is, hmm. <laughs> who has that kind of money? I mean, like, I'll be real. I'm sure they ca- they can come up with money. They're like titans, and they have magic and stuff. But is like Luke sitting down and like emailing the Smithsonian? He's like, "Hi, we would like to book your main room for Thursday at four. Uh, <laughs> at this point, I feel like the Smithsonian probably 
is just chill with anything. Like I, I live close to it for those of you, whatever. And um, I was a Girl Scout for a large portion of my life. And um, at one point we did this thing where like a bunch of troops in the DMV area, like we stayed at the Smithsonian overnight and we had a bunch of like activities and stuff. It was really cool. I have a t-shirt from it. Um, it has a big elephant on it. But um, so at that point, like to have a bunch of like havoc just be wreaked in, in your museum. Like, I feel like they don't care what kind of witchy, like, <laughs> you know. Fair. <laughs> is that a universal experience like sleeping in a museum like once during your childhood yes because i did it for girl scouts yes, i did it for, i did it for boy scouts really oh my god did the girl scouts of, and boy scouts of america have some weird hookup with like every single museum in the country because i feel like everyone oh, has done that it's I like did one it of philadelphia really though that was a universal experience but I'm I, I, I mean mine was the springfield museum like not a big museum not super exciting um, but like the biggest museum in Western Massachusetts, <laughs> so that was fun. There's a cool Dr. Seuss exhibit outside. Um, there's like statues and stuff. Uh, Dr. Seuss was born in Springfield, um, and I I live at, in a suburb of Springfield. Anyways, <laughs> I, I'm glad that we've all had the experience of sleeping in museums. Did anyone else sleep under a dinosaur? I slept I, under a whale. Too. Yeah, it was the whale for me. <laughs> it's the whale for me. <laughs> the whale for me. But also, I don't think I slept very much. I agree. Because I'm, I was scared of sleeping under things because I didn't want them to fall on me. And then also, like, it, it was that. And it was also, like, I thought everything was so cool all the time. And so, like, me and my, um, like, childhood best friend, like, we, oh, my God. We went everywhere. We did all the activities, just wandered around. Yeah. I feel the same way about museums. I don't like a big thing that's hanging that should not be able to be. Um, they talk about the Air and Space Museum, which I love the Air and Space Museum in DC. It is so yeah. cool. Um, they And they're talking about all like the hanging stuff in there. Could not be me standing under that. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, I don't understand how a plane stays aloft when it works, much less when it's done working. <laughs> when it's done working. <laughs> when it's retired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, I'm really glad that all the hosts of Return to Camp Half-Blood have slept in a museum. <laughs> oh, how fun for us. I'll post a poll the day this episode goes up to see how many of our listeners ha- have slept in a museum. Please answer it. I literally guarantee you it will be all of them. I, I hope it is. I'm, I'm actually very curious. And like, if you haven't, we will set it up for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're not making that. <laughs> um, did you... Ava won't make that promise because she's scared, but I I'm will. not scared. <gasps> After pandemic times, I don't think we could set that up during a pandemic. Oh, true. I did you guys sleep in a mall too? No, that no. one was just you. That was just you. Okay. That sounds like uh like burglary rate waiting to happen. Yeah. So I very... mean it would probably be fun, but it would be a burgle situation. <laughs> a burgle. <laughs> no, um it happened like well, okay, also my Wait, mom... was this not a coordinated thing? No, it was, it was, it was. It was a Girl Scout thing. But my mall is just very small. <laughs> you just slept 
<laughs> like, has everyone, anyone ever been at the mall so long they just fall asleep and wake up the next day? No, it was, a, it was like a scheduled day where like a bunch of Girl Scout troops would come sleep at this um, mall near my house. And like, it's a relatively small mall. So like, I think that's how we pulled it off. Um, and like, there was obviously security and, and such, but no, no, nothing got stolen. <laughs> As far as I know, I was also young. As someone who works in a restaurant that is in a mall, that sounds like hell to me. I love I've I've seen the mall at night. I guess it's cool like the first time. After a while, it's just the place I work at night. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> anyway, long anyway. story short, I remember not much. Something still related to museums and so they talk about how the astronaut food is so bad that it kills the Nemean lion but in my memory the the ice cream like astronaut ice cream is very good no it wasn't the ice cream that killed the lion I know but the ice cream is disgusted and then she like stabs the the lion but then she's like but I think your ice cream sandwich did it Ha ha! But the because joke it got the line to open his mouth. I know, but the joke is that 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 the astronaut food is bad. But I remember space ice cream being good. I don't think I've ever tried it, so I can't be. I can't say anything on this conversation. I was not a fan of it. Okay, I don't know. I haven't eaten it in so long. Uh, yeah, it it's no. not Braden allergy friendly. Um, so the last time I ate it was like, like eighth grade, not eighth grade, like eight years old. Um, those are two different things. Okay. This is just something that confused me. So he puts the first teeth in the ground and kit kitties pop up. The cute little kittens. Great. Cute. Saber tooth tiger makes little kitties. I understand. Then he takes the dragon, puts the dragon teeth in the ground, and some dudes pop up? What is, what is this, this mat? what are the rules to this magic? (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I don't know if I was expecting you to be able to answer that for me, but... (laughs) I think maybe it's, like, chemistry. Like, if you you make salt, and then you have your salt ingredients plus, like, magnesium, it's not going to be salt. So, if you have the ground, which, for example, is the salt, and then the ground with an ingredient that does nothing, you get the kittens. And then you have a different ingredient, and then you get the people. I, I'm i much more confused than I was <laughs> when I posed the question. <laughs> I just think it's a different kind of chemical reaction. But, like, the whole idea is, like, you put the bones in of the thing, and then it comes out as proposed by the first incident. And then the second is you put the bones in of something, and you get something else. Which chemistry. <laughs> which is chemistry <laughs> apparently alright I'll trust you on that I don't remember that much about chemistry 
So I, I will trust you on this. Well, clearly I do. This this has not. I just I wrote this note down while I was listening to it, and I think it's really funny. Um, Nevian Lion. I'm gonna log off the call tonight, guys. It was really, really fun. Can't wait to record in person so I can physically hit Brayden when he says it like that. Um, have a great night. <laughs> <laughs> well, cause cause they said Nevian Lion, and I was like, oh, I call Neve Neem, and then I was like, oh, Nevian Lion. <laughs> oh my god! I literally like didn't even think about that while I, was- I didn't either. That's funny. It's just because. I, I make no sense. But I thought it was cute. Yeah. Write in and tell us if you think that's cute. Right. Um, <laughs> call to action. Yeah, that's funny. Anything else we forgot or do we move on to talking about our theme this week? I'm good. Tom. I'm good. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so this week we are talking about Hero Complex. And what is a Hero Complex, you might be wondering. Good question. I'm typing it into Google right now. (laughs) Getting the formal definition? I am getting the formal definition. Um, It's not in the dictionary, so there's no, like, good formal definition. But, um... It is when someone strives to be the hero of a situation, no matter the situation or odds, they want to be the one to save the day. Uh, Part of this could be, like, creating a harmful situation uh, to objects or persons which they can resolve, so, like, they cause the problem so that they can create, like, can fix it. Um, So, that is what we are going to discuss today. Where did we see this in these chapters? The first thing that comes to mind for me is what Dionysus is talking about. In the beginning. Mm. And he's like, I hate heroes because they manipulate people to get what they want and then they abandon them. I mean, the points were made. And I was going to say, I don't disagree with Dionysus. <laughs> Yeah. Which, wild, wild statement. But I was like, he's kind of right. I mean, I guess the question is, do we think Percy has a hero complex or not? It's tough because on the surface, just like if you think about his actions, Sea of Monsters, he was not supposed to go on that quest. He decided to go anyway. This book, he was not supposed to go on that quest. And he was like, I'm taking it into my own hands. So... On surface level, that sounds like a very hero complex thing to do. Just inserting yourself in these situations where you think that you can save the day better than anybody else. But when you go into like the deeper reasons why he does this, it makes it less hero complexy. If you think about Sea of Monsters, he was having empathy link dreams about Grover 
So he knew where to, so he thought I should be on this quest because I know where to go and I want to save my friend, you know, mm-hmm. which is a more rational, less selfish thing to do. And in this quest, he doesn't necessarily have the empathy link, but he wants to save Annabeth. And yeah, he. It- He's doing it, like, both of these quests, he may be motivated by a hero complex, but he also wants to save his friends, and he knows the people going on the quest, that's not their top priority. Like, not in a bad way, but, like, they just don't, you know, when they left the camp, they assumed that Annabeth was just gone (laughs) forever, you know? Yeah, he has a weird, his need is not necessarily, like, he has to be the hero, and his need is not necessarily, like, he needs his friend saved. He's like, I need to be the one to save my save friends. My friend. Which, like, I don't know if it's a hero complex or not, because does he does he want his friend, like, does he want Grover, does he want Annabeth to see him as the person who saved them? Or just want, like, is so untrusting of other people that he doesn't think they will get saved any other way. That's true. But it's also, like, I think I think the trust thing is true, but I think he also doesn't believe that um, anybody else going on, like, specifically the people assigned to go on these quests, that it is their, you know, it's not their main motivation. Like, when Clarice was sent out to get the fleece, her motivation was to get the fleece, not to save Grover. Sorry, that I you just made me think, like, we're talking about Sea of Monsters and Titans Curses like that, but it's also like that in Lightning Thief, because he doesn't go he doesn't, on his, he doesn't even go on oh his own God. quest to save the light, to find the lightning bolt, or he save- He does it only to save his mom. Whoa, sorry, wow. That was a this, good point. This man is only motivated, like, in this weird, like, both very selfless and selfish yeah. way. Yeah. He really only cares about the pe- people he cares about. Like, not in a bad way, but, like... Yeah, and necess- in this quest, like, Zoe Nightshade, Ava, I'm, this is not a dig, uh, but, like, okay. she only cares about um, saving Ar- Artemis. Yeah. She doesn't Zoe, care about Annabeth. I would say Zoe and Percy have the same motivation, which is why there's yeah. a huge conflict because they are both pretty selfish in their motivations for what they want to do, which is kind of why but Talia... it's saving other people close to them. So is it selfish? It's so confusing. I literally, I think that this episode is just going to be us. Like, does Percy have a hero complex? Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe not. Like maybe, I don't know. Like, I... Oh, go ahead, Ava. I think it at least seems like he does because he knows how to use like, the quests and the situations that are in front of him. Like, he feels entitled to, like, going and doing what he wants. And he is able to frame it as serving other people, you know? Like, he's able to, like, Mm. take quests and be like, okay, cool, like, I'll do this because this is an opportunity to do, to save this person or to save this person or, like, that's more important in my storyline, you know? And, like... The rest of the camp. Like, I'll totally help them, too. But, like... <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, he he really has a compulsive need to save his friends. Yeah. And this, like, literally, I wrote this down in the chapter. It says, I don't know what I was thinking, but I wanted to get it away from my friends. Like, he... The, so there is an air of of selflessness in this, like, he's willing to put himself in harm's way in order to save other people in a way that's detrimental to himself. Um, but it's not completely selfless because I would say a completely selfless act is something that you get no reward from. And I think you do get a reward from, from your friends being saved, you know, which kind of, Interesting. I oh. think it's like small scale selflessness, larger scale selfishness. <laughs> Weirdly, this there's an episode of Friends where uh, Phoebe's like, there, there. I don't actually, I don't remember who's. Someone says there's no such thing as a selfless act. Phoebe's either the one who says it or tries to prove that there is such thing as a selfless act. I don't remember the plot, and I'm going to kill myself that I didn't remember that. Okay. But there is an episode of Friends exactly about this. But the question is like. Yeah, is that selfless or selfish to want to save people close to you? This is a very, very deep philosophical question that I don't know if three college sophomores can get to the bottom of. (laughs) But it's interesting that a children's book is raising that question. (laughs) You know? Right? And I feel, I was thinking about, like, Rick had to he made such a conscious decision to write all of Percy's motivations, or at least he, he probably made a conscious decision to write all of Percy's motivations to be saving other people because otherwise him just sneaking on all these quests would make him like pretty hateable and you can't have a hateable main character, you know? So exactly. And like, there was no way to justify him going on a, this many quests you know, without him having to sneak on a couple and to justify that, it was just to care about other people and to do it for other people. And it shows how little he cares about the gods. If we want to somehow connect it back to capitalism, Brayden, Um, it shows that he is not motivated really to save anything regarding, like he sort of gets himself mixed up in this, Kronos business of overthrowing the gods and I think he understands the severity of like what that would mean for his life and like the rest of it if the titans were to overthrow but he is not really doing anything in these first three books out of motivation to like save the gods it's all to save his the people close to him I was gonna say I was exactly gonna say <laughs> say that and like relating it to like he doesn't care about this system that they are, their side is fighting to uphold. He cares about the consequences of demolishing the system. He's like, uh, he, he really, he expresses that he doesn't agree with the gods and how the gods behave. He doesn't particularly like them and complains about them frequently, but he knows that the system that the gods perpetuate does things to protect his friends and his mother, um, and the camp, uh, the camp as a whole. And so he fights for his, his friends and his family, but he doesn't fight for the gods or the system. Yeah. He's, he, 
the vibes um it reminds me of like the people <laughs> I can't. um he reminds me of um the people who are kind of like okay i'll get to the top so i can ruin it from the inside you know yeah. and i have the most respect for that kind of strategy oh definitely i think it's so like mm, like perfect um it's really this book is just so fascinating because when we're thinking about Percy in the context of like oh wow like is he secretly a selfish person because even wanting to save the people you love you only love them because of the things that they you know have made you feel or have done for you like is it all to protect this like landscape of emotion blah 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 whatever but then Dionysus's involvement in this is like a 180 because of this whole Theseus and Ariadne thing because his whole issue with heroes probably comes from his issue with Theseus, but that's selfless. Okay, so like one of the ways the myth goes is like Theseus abandons Ariadne on a beach and Dionysus finds her on the beach and falls in love with her. And he feels awful that Theseus has just left her because it's completely ruined her. So is his hatred for heroes selfless because he someone that he loves had like a terrible experience with one i i don't know i think and i think that raises an interesting question i think we often think of selfishness and selflessness as like it's good to be selfless and it's bad to be selfish but i think your your question raises the question that like is one innately like bad or is one innately good or are they just separate states uh because you can be selfless and in that selfless act still be harmful completely Mm. i think selflessness is really kind of it's twisted and it's glorified in a lot of ways and like to the point where i mean it's obviously a wonderful attribute i feel like if you do it right but like selfishness is is demonized in a way that like selfishness can be twisted to be like nothing should ever be about you like never put yourself first ever because that's selfish and that's bad and I'm like that compromises what you can do for others if you want to look at it that way like if you ruin yourself as an individual because you don't want to be quote-unquote selfish and don't have time for like self-care like figuring out what makes you happy and rejuvenated like you're not going to be able to be there for other people you're not you know so it's like you need both i don't know it's just odd if like if we're all selfless there's no selves to to be helping or like working for right true true we did it (laughs) we solved it this is a little bit off what we were saying but I had a literal breakthrough in talking about the um how Percy doesn't care about the gods before the true person with a hero complex in this is Luke I was just gonna say that (laughs) cause and it shows that like cause he comes up in this for like 30 seconds um and he's just sort of a wingman in this situation. But 
Percy says how he looks awful and how he's been obviously depleted by whatever this thing is, the general that he's been working alongside. But he is has a hero complex with fully selfish motivations. And he thinks it's not selfish, but it it's really just about the trauma he went through and he is placing onto every other kid at the camp while they went through similar trauma. You can't say that all of their experiences were your own. Um, And he is being there. He's rising up to this station through these terrible means by assuming that he's the hero for everybody and then ends up fucking them all over or almost does. And that's just a very interesting comment that I think was made through the characters because you could argue that Percy has a hero complex, but you can't argue that Luke doesn't have one. Like there is no way you can say that he does not have a hero complex because he believes he's standing up for everybody when really he's just standing up for himself and did the entirely wrong route in doing so. Because Luke fundamentally believes he is right the entire time. Even at the end when he has a change of heart is like Kronos like, ooh, maybe this is bad. That doesn't mean he doesn't believe that what he was fighting for is right. He Mm -hmm. fully believes in dismantling the gods and destroying capitalism the entire time. And the reason that things get so twisted and uh, like dark and dangerous are because he needs to be the the hero of this movement so badly that he's willing to compromise his own values, his own personhood. He gives up himself to host Kronos because he wants to be seen as the one who destroyed the gods. Also because he can't deal with something that doesn't center him. Like, he feels like he's... It's a little ironic that, like, Percy's the main character because, like, Luke so thinks he's the main character. Like, (laughs) he totally thinks he's the main character in the sense of, like, oh, every change of heart that I have, every decision that I make reflects this entire movement's changing whatever. And I'm like, you're just privileged in every way and have never considered that there are whole entire worlds besides your own. So that's why you think that. And so I feel like that's totally, like, that's, like, the breeding ground for Hero Complex, you know? Is, like, thinking that your narrative is the one that everyone else is built off of. Um, Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's something else I was going to say, and I can't remember it now. Oh! um, Sort of in relation to Luke being the most sort of Hero Complex set up in the book, I think, like, Grover is the least so. Because his whole thing is, like, technically you can spin it to say, like, his position, like, as a satyr, it's to ignore something relatively selfless in itself, finding a lost god. So you ignore that, and you're sent on a quest to help someone potentially fulfill their own hero complex. You're helping them do that, even if you don't believe in that. Like, I just think that's, wow, you know? I would agree. I feel like Grover sacrifices a lot of his own personal 
uh, desires to help his friends in a way that uh, Percy wants to save his friends, but Grover just wants to be there to do what they need him to do. And, like, he... Percy and Grover both really care about helping their friends, but Percy centers himself in that narrative, and uh, Grover sidelines himself in that narrative. Um, And I think it's just interesting to watch that dynamic because they have similar motivations, but it it works out differently between both of them. And I think just overall, he's a very selfless character because, like, because of all of that and his his own personal desire, his main goal is to find Pan to save the environment. This man just cares about global warming and his friends. Iconic, really. Truly. I've come to the conclusion that Grover is my comfort character in this book series. Definitely in this book. Anything else we have to say? I'm good. I think that was a good analysis. I thought that was a a, a great conversation about that. Ugh. We I'm are so, very smart people. We are very smart people. Look at us. Analyzing this YA read <laughs> to There's everything so... it's worth. <laughs> yeah. Digging crumbs out of this children's book. <laughs> yep. So. Percy's ass moments. But not just Percy's ass moments because they haven't been Percy's ass moments since the first couple couple uh episodes chapters yeah but uh sass moments in general funny funny times (laughs) i actually didn't have any this week you didn't have any i have two i also have two i gave a lot last week so i'm just gonna let you guys you did give a lot that's fair okay i'll do my two because okay the first one could be no actually i don't know if any of these can be considered sass We'll see if they fit under the umbrella term. I just thought they were funny. Um, this one was, like, really, like... I had to think about it for a second. Um, this is why I don't use mortals, Luke said. They are unreliable. They are weak-minded, easily bought, and violent, the general said. I love them. Whew. That was one of mine, too. <laughs> Lot to unpack there. That was so... Lot I, to unpack I laughed there. out loud. That was so <laughs> funny to me. Oh. Now we all wonder... <laughs> why? They are so selfish and weak-minded. I love, I love them. them. I was like, whoa! Yeah. Uh, Brady, do you want to go just in case my other one is also yours? Yes. Yes, I will. Uh, mine is Dionysus. Uh, the prophecy says at least two of you will die. Perhaps I'll get lucky and you'll be one of them. <laughs> I do remember that one. I just love that he's like, yeah, you can go. Because, like, I kind of got my bets placed on you not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, my second one is just Zoe Nightshade speaking. Um, it is the general is here zoe looked stunned that is impossible you lie the way that she speaks is so funny to me um and i know it's because she was born forever ago and it's like she speaks very um i can't think of the word the only word coming to mind is antique um (laughs) (laughs) but she speaks very old-fashioned and just the line of that is impossible you lie makes me laugh for no reason. I love he lies. 
Yeah, he do be lying. <laughs> yeah, that's all mine. I love how she speaks. It's so funny. When <laughs> at one point when they were like, "No, no, no, don't say thou. That was dumb. Say your." And she's like, "Your." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, very funny. Yeah, Offerings. Oh, I was debating, but I honestly am going to give it to Percy. Whoa. I was thinking about that too. I Whoa, Percy. First... Percy, is this is the first offering for Percy five episodes in. I genuinely the... think it's the first time he's deserved it. This is the um, first time Percy has done good. In this... <laughs> it is. And like he... He did make just all the right moves in these chapters. He really said, Blackjack, you can go home. You're tired. Um, and he used the invisibility cap, like, correctly. <laughs> and um, got all this vital information and then helped kill the monster. He just did a good job this week. I can't even lie. And I know we don't normally say that about Percy. So I think that he should get credit when credit is due because it may be another five or six weeks before he does <laughs> it again. So this, this is praising a straight white man for doing the bare minimum. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> it's a little more than the bare minimum this time. I, uh, I do. More ex- than the bare minimum. He did it exceed the bare minimum. It was, it was not helpful for him to, for Jack Black to go home or Black Jack to go home. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But Honestly, it was, like, not helpful for him. It was actually kind of harmful because now he had to just rely on being able to, like, catch up with them. Because Honestly, Black when Jack, Jack ba- Black left. <laughs> Detrimental. Was but so it was, not saying that anything is truly a selfless act considering our last conversation, but it was a selfless move of sort. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I'm so... I'm struggling because I want to give it to Grover now after our conversation. But, like, he didn't really do anything in these chapters. Just do it. Just, Just from our con- Okay. On, well, he actually does. He comes in clutch with those, um, the pan pipes at the True. end. True. King. King. Look yeah. at him. All right. <laughs> Ava? Okay. I'm going to give mine to, to Blackjack. Um... <laughs> For leaving? he's doing what's best for him he has been so selfless and now he's practicing self-care okay he's doing it also the little the jack black (laughs) moment geek me to no end and i will now be referring to black jack as jack black i like how that's the only reason you're giving them like (laughs) one of the reasons you're giving him the offering yeah, I mean, well, because I didn't know that that mix-up was right there in front of my eyes, and I never. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I never anticipated that happening, but it's so blatant, <laughs> right? <laughs> like it's not a hard mix-up, but I never saw it coming. The the card game. Blackjack. It's so close card. to Jack Black. <laughs> There's a whole world of Jack Black related humor that we we have now <laughs> we have now access. <laughs> Guys, I'm sorry. I think we've reached the end of that world. I think it's the name of this whole <laughs> game. I think that's it. I'm sure there's something else. Mm. We're not thinking about it. Right <laughs> no, <we're not>. Anyways, <laughs> who are we voting about? <laughs> I'll be honest. I, 
I don't even know because I don't know if anyone did particularly bad. <laughs> I mean, besides like Luke the Um Oh, I, I'm gonna give it to the zombies. I'm being... giving it to the guards that brought the wrong teeth. <gasps> that was so funny. No, but that was a great mix-up. Okay, like <laughs> fine, but like honestly, now they're well, a bunch. They... Of... Okay, so like technically, they did bad. So I'm giving it to them. Okay. Understand. I really have nothing because I I honestly agree. I don't think anyone did a particularly bad job in these chapters. Um, who was in these chapters? I think um, fair. Like it was um, mostly Percy, and that's why Percy got a, got an offering this week because there was not a lot of content from other characters. I think Dionysus did a good job because he, he stuck to his guns. Um. Um. I don't know what's not basic to say. I mean, Dr. Thorne was in it, and, like, he's a manticore, so that sucks. Like, um, see, but I don't think, like, doc- Dr. Thorne or Atlas really did anything. Yeah, they just did what they were supposed to do. You know, it's hard to it's hard to, to blame a villain for doing just, like, generic villain things. They didn't do mm-hmm. even do exciting villain things. They just, like, sent a lion. It's like, okay... Like, that's not good, but, like, do you yeah. deserve <laughs> to be punished for it? No, who deserves to be punished? The zombies for looking like that. Aww. I don't like it. I don't vibe. I don't like that they're both skeletons and zombies at the same time. It makes me uncomfortable. Who, um, who planted the, the right teeth? <laughs> the other guard? Is it the then, guard who... Then it's for him. Because he took um, half lives away from kittens. <laughs> and I wanted more of them. So. so so we have the zombies, guards who brought wrong teeth, and guards who brought right teeth. Yeah. Because honestly, I think everyone did a good job. I can't well. believe. I mean, the time is over, but I can't believe I didn't give it to Zoe Nightshade because she literally was like, Here's the fur. Like, take it. You can come. <laughs> That's true. That's Very true. Very nice fur. So. I'm not taking back my blackjack answer, but uh, it's commendable on her part. Yeah. Very yeah. This week, we have a little special voice message from one of our listeners. Uh, she sent in a voice message for us, and I thought we'd listen together on air. It's from... Bailey Scarborough, and uh, we'll let her take it away. Hi, guys. I'm Bailey. Um, I love your podcast so much. You guys are so funny. I look forward to your episodes coming out every week. I love, I love feeling like ju- I'm just like spending time with fellow Riot and Verse nerds. I love Percy Jackson. I always have. When I was a kid, I would always like dress up as Annabeth or Talia or whoever for Halloween and I just I love them so much and I love hearing y'all's endeavors <laughs> I guess also well just making things a little gay because it's fun yay <laughs> but bye you think the we're funny <laughs> That made me so happy. It that, also... 
enough serotonin for the year. That was so yeah. sweet. Right? That, that made so me nice. so happy. Um, we, we're really glad that you find us funny. You um, think we're funny? <laughs> not many do. That's why we're friends. <laughs> and, and we're very happy to make things a little, little more gay and just... I... Listen here. <laughs> this is my. Listen, she said, "Listen here. Listen, listen up, up, y'all, because this, this is, is my it. official declaration that as long as I live, I will always make things a little gay." <laughs> Hell yes, it's my job. <laughs> uh, and if anyone else wants to call in with a voice message, yeah. feel free to, and we'll we'll listen to it on air and respond. Uh, Yes. If you just want to say hi or give us your own offerings or so, or ask a question, <gasps> yeah, feel free. Or a little hot take. Yeah, hot takes always appreciate. It's a quick little hot. Take. I love to argue. A quick little hot so. take. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, folks, that's all for this week. Join us next week where we will be talking about chapters 11 and 12 Grover gets a Lamborghini and I go snowboarding with a pig and we are looking at the theme of kinship make sure to follow us on all of our social media we are at return to camp on all the platforms that matter and we also have a patreon a red bubble store and a website return to camp.com I'm very excited for next week because I have no idea in anticipation what happens in these chapters. No. <laughs> I do. Literally no clue. I was like, there's a Lamborghini and a pig? <gasps> oh. I remember at this point, like, I literally, these middle chapters between them leaving and Bianca dying, <laughs> like, no recollection. I agree. Bianca died way earlier in this book because I completely forgot about these middle parts. Does Aphrodite show up here? Why am I thinking of that? Is that wrong? Is this out of pocket? I, I don't know. See next week for that. We'll find out next week on yeah. Return to Camp Half Flood. <laughs> Goodbye. See you then. Bye. Bye.